Welcome, everyone, to It's a Rap with Rap. I am your host, Ron Rappaport. This podcast features people who have overcome life's challenges and adversities, people who can inspire and motivate, and people who can educate us on an array of topics. My guest today is Kathleen Ho, author of Living Forward After Loss, featured as a sponsored ad on this podcast. Kathleen has lived in Southern California since her family immigrated to the United States from Vietnam in 1994. She has worked in the education field for more than 10 years. Outside of work, Kathleen has been involved in the All Nations Toastmasters Club, a nonprofit educational organization that teaches public speaking and leadership skills. Kathleen had been married to David Bigby for 10 years by the time of his passing in 2015 from high blood pressure. Together, they had built up a retail and online business. They enjoyed watching movies, discovering new places, and taking a walk on the beach with each other. David's death changed Kathleen's life completely. Her world collapsed with this loss. With the support of her family and friends, she was able to bounce back to life two years later. Since then, she has committed to helping those who are struggling with the death of loved ones to honor her late husband's life. Welcome, Kathleen, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank so you glad to have you. Yeah. Uh, tell, us, tell us about David and your life with him before his passing. David was a wonderful man. He loved me unconditionally, and he treated people around him with love and caring. He very positive, always smiling. Even he had a really bad day, he always said, I had a, had a wonderful day in heaven. He always bring the happiness to people around him. He sounds like a wonderful man. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, you said you had uh, an online business. What was that all about? Oh, uh, we had um, the popcorn business. We made oh, really? and we just uh, saw it in this uh, local event on uh -huh. the website and we were recognized by the ABC News at the two the bed pop in LA for two years. Wow. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Was it yeah. different kinds of popcorn or? Yeah, we had some caramel popcorn, chili popcorn. We had a lot of flavor and we enjoyed it because we worked together at the husband and wife. So very fun thing to work together. Now tell me uh, just a little background. Uh, David passed away from high blood pressure, which is a silent killer. Did, did he know he had high blood pressure? Was it something he was being treated for or just something that happened? Actually, he knew us. It's, um, it happened to his whole family. The sad thing that whole family, all men have died the same thing of high blood pressure. He knew it, but, he, uh, but we could not avoid it. Was he taking medicine? No, he don't. He didn't. That's why I upset, upset with him. He said say he knew that, but he refused to take the medicine. That the bad thing happened. Did he go to the did he go to the doctor and was he being treated? No. You know, the reason I the reason I ask is I am a male breast cancer survivor. 
And I do a lot of advocacy work uh, with men uh, who contract male breast cancer. And we find that a lot of the men don't get uh, treated. They leave their symptoms. They, they just, I, for whatever reason, you know, men are men. They don't want to go to the doctor. They don't want to, you know, deal with it. And by the time, oh, some of them, I, I don't want to say a lot, but, but, but there is a good, a good amount. By the time they get to the doctor, it's already spread. And, and, you know, it, it, it could have been a lot easier path for their treatment if they would have gone in. So I always, uh, like to stress out there to the audience, if something, you know, be your own advocate for health. If something doesn't feel right, uh, get it checked out, no matter how small it might be. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so I read the book. It was a, a very interesting book. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, as, as much as you can on, the, on that subject. Uh, Tell you had something in this in the book. Tell us the egg, potato, and bean story as a life lesson story about dealing with distressing experiences. I heard the story from of my colleague, a teacher. He taught one of his students. That means that in life, things happen to us and around us. But it depends on that, how we deal with that. Either we should like the eggs become bitter and build the wall around us so no one can touch us. Or we should like potato become so we feel like bitter-minded, say, poor me, please help me out. Or we should like the coffee beans. You learn how to adjust your new circumstances adapt to the new situation and yeah. be here yet. That's why the potato and coffee, learn how to deal with it, face it and be the better, happier person. Okay, and you and you, uh, you, you found that from a colleague? Yeah, from my colleagues. Kathleen, what prompted you to write the book? Uh, living forward after loss. What, what what was the catalyst? What was the spark that one day you said, "Hey, I'm going to write. The, I'm going to write a book." No, actually, I had to I had to give the the credit for my colleagues. She always told me that I had a gift and I need to share with the world. But before that, of my late David. I thought they couldn't do us because I thought, how could the person came from other country with English as a second language couldn't do it? I didn't believe myself. But after the passing of David, she kept pushing me. She said, you could do it. Share your story, your, your gift with the world. And I started doing that. First, to heal my wound. The second, to help other people's. Well, that's great. Uh, you know, a lot of times um, people just don't think they can do something and they and they don't try. And I think the, the lesson you're giving everyone is you can do it if you put your mind to it yes. uh, you, you, and persevere. Uh, you can do it. Yes. Talk to us 
about grief and why it is needed to heal the pain of losing a loved one? I think we cannot avoid the death in life. No one can. Right. We deal with the pain of losing someone we love in life. I learned that grief is the window between pain and love. Without love, without pain, right? Right. Body, you will not feel painful when losing that person. So from that, I view the death, the, um, the, the losers as loved one at the, at the uh, avenue for me to look at my life in another way. So I can either let it haunt in our life or I just use it to motivate me to do something better, to bring more meaning to my life. And as some people do the passive way, let it haunt their life. I choose to fight the grief. I choose to deal with the pain. Look at the inside of why I'm so sad and give it motivator for me to fight my future. That's the tool for me to fight for my future. And to find your purpose? Yeah, for purpose. Redefine my purpose. What can I do to, motivate, uh, to honor the light of the one I just lost? Well, I think he's probably looking down and very proud that you wrote that book. Thank you. Explain to us uh, taking uh, the appropriate time to grieve. What are, what are your thoughts about that? I, I think, I think some, each of us take a different time to deal with loss because we are different. So no, no formula or no unit formula for that. To take in your own time, someone may take a longer time, may, someone may take a shorter time, depending on how do you think about your loss. So I think that no formula for that. But right, and, and I think people out there should realize that, uh, and I think, you know, I, I'm just throwing this out at you, in the United States, it seems like we put some sort of artificial time limit on this thing and people say, Hey, you know, get back, to, you know, it's time to get back to work. It's time to, you know, move on. And that's not necessarily the right formula for everyone. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Like some people get talked about a few months, some about like five years, some about like two years. Depend on how you look at this, how you deal with that. Uh, you wrote in the book to be vulnerable going through this process, mm -hmm. uh, but do not uh, be unwise. What did you What did you mean by that? I mean that um, be willing to feel your feelings. Talk about this. Let it out, but don't ever make any important decision when you are emotional upset. The reason is we cannot think straight and clear when we are emotional upset. We may come up with a very bad decision that may hurt our future and our family. 
That's why you need to be vulnerable so we can heal a wound, but don't make any big decision during that time. Good advice. Could you give us some, uh, you talked in the book about self-care, uh, the things that people can do going through the grieving process uh, to restore themselves. Can, can, can you give us examples of, of self-care things to do? For me, self-care does do not use any alcohol, smoking or something not your pain is not a good way to cope with your loss because it will lead to many serious health issues. Self-care for me that taking care of yourself, exercise, relieve your stress by working out, journal it, let your emotion on paper, let it out in any way you want, drawing, talking, any way you want, but avoid the bad habit of smoking, drinking and lean on somebody else to carry yourself to the difficult time. Don't do it alone. That is self-care to me. Kathleen, you mentioned exercise, but you also mentioned in the book uh, about journaling. Can you talk about that? Mm, journaling that means, because I don't, if you ever experience with the life, you, you will know this. Sometimes, you don't want to be with anybody. We can be ourselves alone with our sadness. And sometimes we have nobody to talk with. Usually after a month, people just go back to their normal life. Yeah. And we deal with our loss by themselves, by ourselves, right? Right. And at, at night, nighttime, or weekend night is more terrible time because we have to face the loss ourselves. And if you, in the case, you should press your sadness, your sorrow on paper, write down, let it out on paper. So it makes you feel better so you can heal your wound. Let it out on paper. And did you do journaling yourself? I do a lot. Even yeah. now I still do it. Uh, you also mentioned uh, being ready for triggers. Can you talk about that? Being ready for a trigger is that you need to learn how to be ready for holidays and special events related to your late loved one. For me, after losing my late husband, I realized that the holiday is not the same anymore. Before, it's a fun time, now it's a no horrible time because it reminds me of my loss. So that's why we need to be ready for that. Don't be alone because the loneliness may give you bad and think of like suicide. Be with somebody, but don't ignore your feeling. And for birthday or something else, do the same way. Be with somebody, but pay attention to your feeling. Don't let the loneliness kill you. Besides holidays and, and things like that, are there any other uh, triggers you can think of that that, that could set you set one off? I think there's holidays, 
special event on some places. For me, the city of Long Beach, California, is a tricky place for me. Whenever I go back to Long Beach, all the sad memories come back to my mind. I avoided for five years. So you're talking about places that would trigger your memory? Yes. Yeah. Some trees, some some buildings, some some beach, some place that you have memory with the one you lost. You trigger, you think about your loss. And you said you're still avoiding Long Beach. I yeah, I do avoid it right now. Explain to us what post traumatic growth is. Post-traumatic growth is that's the road that you learn after going through some life crisis, such as the death of your family member or some serious events of like divorce. After experience, if you had a courage to look up your life, to think about us, and you will realize that life goes on. You have to move on. And you have to look deep inside yourself to learn more about yourself, to figure out what the hidden crank inside you to copy that. And this skill makes you become a better person, stronger best person. You will grow personally and professionally. Like myself, I never thought I could become an author. I, th- I think if my husband passed away, I could not sit here today to talk to you. Right. So what did you find out when researching the question, which I thought was, was really uh, interesting? Why do bad things happen to innocent and kind people? This is a very good question. I have thought about it many times. Yeah. I, that, that's why I figure out by myself. I think like problem, illness, that is the part of our human life. So no one can avoid it. Even you are good or innocent, it happens to everybody. So no one can avoid it. Right. So the question is not what it happened to me, but the question you actually say that how could I overcome it? How come I what could you do to be happy again? Because problem is a problem human life. No one can avoid it. You know, I, that brings me back to that 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 old proverb. Uh, instead of asking uh, why is this happening to me, mm-hmm. turn it around and change it to why is this happening for me. Other way learns it as in life, if you want to be happy and successful, you must take poor responsibility for your life. That means that you don't need to take responsibility for what happened to you, but you must take poor responsibility for how to deal with that. Right. Right. Now, challenges are needed for us to grow. Talk to us about 
how we can make our problems either positive or negative. Yes. It's not a great question from you, Ron. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm trying to ask you great questions because you're a very, very intelligent woman. Thank you. <laughs> I think that that whatever you like, you think about it, just talk about the year-round weather. If we have only spring the whole year, we never know how beautiful it is, right? Right. Only beautiful, uh, so green, so beautiful. Then we will never think about it. It's a good thing we need to thank, uh, need to be grateful for. It because we had a four season, the heat of the summer, but I realize how beautiful it is in spring. And the cold of the winter, maybe realize how the warm and beautiful of the summer. That would that mean that if you never fail, you never value the life. And if you, if you if you don't value the life, you don't learn, and you never roll. That's it. Simple like that. Okay, makes sense. Discuss with us how we can shift our emotions while grieving when we're in the grieving state from a bad to a good mood with what you call power postures yes based on my experience when you're in the bathroom if you don't pay attention to that if you ruin your day whole day or maybe whole week so that's why you need to control your mind you just take the time to deal with that quiet whatever let all it out and it's okay. And now I feel better. I will change my mood by taking a walk, go outside, or dancing, whatever. Because the because your mind is tricky. And they don't when you do something fun, it's okay. My sister be happy. Mm -hmm. Move from bad to good. I learned that if you feel like that, suddenly you feel better because like you're smiling. <laughs> So that's well, why for, for, for those people who are just listening to the podcast, uh, Kathleen is putting a pen in her mouth and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch it on YouTube because we are on YouTube as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know, Kathleen, that's okay. all, all these episodes are on YouTube. I don't mind. <laughs> and, and the YouTube channel is It's a Wrap with Rap, the Uncut Podcast. Yeah. How can we control our destiny by reprogramming our minds with positive thoughts? This is the one I keep telling my students daily. We need to learn that we have only one life to live. So it's up to us. It might be positive or negative. For me, whenever I feel down, I just read the story of successful people, of the people who have overcome many things to be successful and learn from them why, I, why they could do that. And I said, if they could do that, why not me? 
why not me? Right. And then for me, for me every day, in the morning before I go to work, after working out for one hour, I will listen to some motivational speech. They talk about how to how to set up your goal, how to work out on that, how to discipline your mind. To remember, you are the one to control your life. So don't let it go under what you don't want. And whenever you feel like you don't want to do, you don't want to do anything, just carry that. Five, four, two, three, one. The moment you hit one, get up and do right away. Don't let your brain take it. Not good. You have to control your mind. Let it, I'm the owner. You are not. I can't control my life. To move forward with renewed purpose, what are some of the steps and questions needed to find our new purpose? I think you said that's a long process. You should take time to reflect what has happened to you and ask yourself, what lesson did I learn from that event? And then, and what made me laugh whenever you think about us? And also make, what made me cry whenever you think about us? And what bring meaning to my life? For example, when I think, whenever I think about the death of my late husband, I ask myself, what made me cry about us? Because I'm losing him, right? Right. And I think, well, then I ask myself, how could I deal with that? Be going up and helping other people by sharing my sadness, my story, my gift with other people, I open my heart to them. I build up the compassion for life. And this brings me into my life and bring also my laugh and make my life move up to another level so I can look up in heaven and say, honey, I did that for you. Awesome. Now, we all want to support those in the grieving process, Kathleen. Yes. Please tell us some things we can do for them and also some of the best and worst things we can say to them. To support those in grief. What you should we do, you need to honor the process. Because sometimes it just needs us to be quiet. Don't talk anything. Don't give me advice. Because when they are grieving, they feel nothing except the sorrow, the pain. Right. Don't give me advice like, I think you should go to bad school to learn that one. Or how could you deal with your business? Don't ever do this. Just leave, let him lean on your shoulder so he can recover. And sometimes you just help me out with some work like to get a baby, lean up the house, cooking for them. Because when you are sad, you have no energy to do anything else. You just want to lay down and relax and, and breath so you can feel better. And something, you should never talk to people that deliver that. Be strong. How 
can be strong when they're so sad. Right. Don't ever say, be strong. Or, Get over that. No, never say that. Or, I know how you feel. No, you don't know how they feel at all. We feel differently, so don't ever say that. What you could do with that, just say, I'm so sorry for your loss. I um, hear my phone number. Call me when you need me. And reach out to them whenever you feel you're comfortable. Like, call at midnight, are you okay? How right. do you feel? It's pretty much what you're saying is support. Yeah. Be there, be there for support. And and don't say crazy things like be strong or get over that or it's time to move on because no. that's that's just not being aware of the person's situation yeah. at all. It's just being rude and curse. Yeah. What advice do you have for the people out there, be it those that have lost uh, a spouse through death or perhaps divorce, on becoming social again? In other words, getting, getting out there and, and becoming sociable again. What advice do you have? I think it's, um, it's a very tough topic to talk about. After you losing yourself, you don't feel comfortable to go out socially, especially with people who know yourself, right? So I think for that, first, you must take time to deal with your loss. But get involved with some healthy activities, such as be volunteers, get involved with the group that said a common loss, like spouse loss, so we can learn from other people how to cope with your loss effectively and become more resource-like. But and also I think that more important is don't hang around with negative people. Don't hang around with people who have the victim-minded. Never do it. And another thing is that if you want to date again, Make sure you know what you want. Make sure you, your wound is healed. And when you date, don't compare your spouse with the one you should date. Just accept the new people at who he or she is. Uh, I, I like to ask you, after your loss, did you lose a lot of friends or acquaintances that you had in your married life? And have you acquired new friends in your post-David life? Yes. Well, I lost some friends from out married life because I didn't want to get involved with them anymore because if you manage my lot, I just keep in touch with one or two people. But I have more friends from other side. From I have more friends from all nations. I have more friends from other group I got involved. Okay. That's that's the organization that I talked about yeah. earlier. I opened my heart to, to more people. So now I have more new, new friends now, a lot of friends now. 
Well, that's great. Kathleen, what, what excites you the most going forward with your life? Are you going to write some more books or what, what's in the future? I, um, right now, um, I'm still working on my second book. Ah. It began a few months ago, but I'm struggling now because I couldn't find any idea. So I look for more idea to put on my new book. And also I just created my YouTube channel. Not very well though. Oh, you have a channel? You have a, a yeah. channel? Yeah? yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. I just saw that a few months ago, but still didn't go very well. And I just was certified as the specialist to help people who are struggling with loss, any loss, like divorce, death, any loss. I want to use my gift to help people around the world. So you're going to continue down the down that path. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Kathleen, tell us how people can contact you. They can. Um, I don't know how. Um, I have the um, um, YouTube channel called Turn Sadness to Joy. Okay. Could you repeat that again? Turn Sadness to Joy. Okay. And uh, I had the um, website called Living Forward After Loss. Okay. And they can read me to my Facebook. Facebook, okay. Yes. And my email. And what's the email? I have emailed as um, Kathleen. Kathleen Hall sick at gmail.com. All right. Are you on any other social media platforms like Instagram or anything like that? Um, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> you have Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting started with that one. So no, that's a challenge. That's a I challenge. <laughs> yes, yeah, so why did I even do that? <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? I just say that's, um, let's see, I forgot. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you, email it to me and I'll put it in the podcast notes. So yeah, I'm, gonna put all, I'm gonna put all your information in the podcast notes. Okay, I will <laughs> email you. <laughs> okay, uh, that sounds great. Uh, it, it, it's, it's been an honor to, be, to talk to you and uh, I wish you uh, the best uh, going forward, I know it's been a tough road for you, but you have bounced back, and I'm proud to know you. Uh, we've we've known each other for a while, and I know you're gonna you're gonna do well going forward. Uh, we welcome all comments and suggestions to improve the podcast. You can email us at uh, it's a wrap with rap at gmail.com. My uh, website is it's a wrap with rap.com. If you go there and drop your email address, you can sign up for our newsletter. We're on YouTube. It's a wrap with rap underscore the podcast uncut and Facebook run is it's a wrap with rap. We are on Instagram right now. It's a wrap with rap underscored the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please stay safe out there. And for now, 
It's a wrap. 